0: Hello! Hello! You're listening to Trap by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where you can create pop music album and break it down, Trap by Track.
1: And it is going to pop this week because on the turntable, we've got Celebrity by NSYNC.
0: And Dan, who's hosting this week? It's gonna be May. Oh, actually, it's July, Will. <laughs> yes, and also, uh, it's not that album either. That was from a previous album. But you do see that meme come around at the start of May. Uh, yeah. Everyone thinks it's hilarious with Timberlake on there. Uh, like, May the Force Be With You. It's just one of those things. And and two uh, become one when the clocks are going back. Uh, and uh, Turn Back Time as well. Oh, yeah, for the clocks, yeah. Uh, please don't forget to share uh, Turn oh, Back Time. Yes. Yeah, that, all that oh, stuff. Well. You, get, you get two for one in that one, actually. So that's one of my favourite ones. Mm. <laughs> uh, and Dan, it's been nearly four years into the Track by Track saga. And this is the first time talking about NSYNC. Why?
1: Why? I mean, that is the big question, Will. And, and again, it seems quite accusatory when you say to me like that. We're both in charge. It's a partnership. But it's partly the listener's fault, actually, because this was... Oh, that's
0: typical you. Blame someone else.
1: <laughs> so, uh, and actually, it's actually the patron's fault. So <laughs> on our first Patreon vote, this was up for it with... Um, up for it. Hmm, don't up think I meant it, it like that. But this was up for the vote with Lightning Seeds, Jollification, uh, Ace of Bases, Happy Nation and Cindy Lauper's debut album. I've forgotten the name temporarily and Jollification by Lightning Seeds won. So we put this back on the long, long list and, and almost a
0: year or just over a year later, we are finally talking about it. And also tick Ace of Bass off the list as well. So Cindy, I hopefully will come to her sooner rather than later. I uh, can't wait for that episode. I can't wait for recording most episodes, actually. Most of I, them. I do believe, Will, I do believe that Cindy Album turns 40 next year. Oh, well, there we go. Hmm. In the same year that you turn 40. So we, it's almost meant to be. How are you? Uh, so NSYNC, first time on Track by Track, uh, long overdue. Uh, probably the last of the big boy bands. Well, we haven't done Orange Orange either yet, (laughs) Uh, but uh, the last of the big ones. Uh, Or we haven't done NKOTB or NKOTBSB. Mm. And BSB are still going on. They're playing the UK later
1: this year. Yeah. But but they're not as big as they were, are they?
0: Uh, No, they're not as big as they were, but they've still got a very hardened following, though. So, uh... So, a little bit of background on NSYNC. Uh, so, a five-piece boy brand uh, who came along after Backstreet Boys. You have got uh, Chris Kirkpatrick. You have got uh, Justin Timberlake, JC Chazet, Joey Fatone, and Lance Bass. Uh, and they were very prominent uh, in the late mid to late 90s into the early noughties. with a string of... Uh, hit singles, but only actually uh, three albums proper and a Christmas album under their belt. Uh, Such was uh, the makeup of this group that very quickly a solo superstar emerged, Uh, whilst it's fair to say the others branched off into various different uh, careers in the music and media. And also, Dan, this was another group formed by the Shamed and Now Dead Lou Pearlman who was famous at the time for creating these bands like Backstreet Boys like uh NSYNC, like O Town uh for making the band LFO Take 5 Natural uh and many more but uh he did get himself into a lot of trouble uh with um dodgy schemes uh bankruptcy, corruption, uh, and all sorts of th- all sorts of things. Eventually uh was imprisoned and uh he then uh Bopped his clogs. He, he died basically. <laughs> There's no way around it. He died, I'm sorry, should laugh, but got a nasty piece of work anyway. Oh. And, yeah, so uh but I guess you could thank him for bringing the boys together. And you know, I think they're still very close now. You often see them hanging out with each other still don't you yeah in fact you know we've been doing the research
1: separately for the album this week but then one of the things I, I went through the album I went through the backstory of the band and then I thought actually when did they last do something together because I knew that they kind of all got back together when Jason Timberlake got an award at the it was an MTV award wasn't it was it the VMAs or something like that and that was 2013 I think um but then they also got back together in 2018 for the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And then in 2019, all but JT joined Ariana Grande at Coachella to perform a medley of their hits as well. So it's, I mean, JT wasn't there. JT, like I know him. He wasn't there because he was finishing his own solo tour. But it's, it did make me think, could the four of them do something on their own? Or do you think it just would not work
0: without Justin? I think he's integral to it, but I'm just thinking there. Well, oh, by the way, Lou Perlman, uh had a stroke in prison. In the showers. <sighs> no, that's... Dan, that's how he died. Uh, but uh, obviously, uh, Justin has had a huge solo career, which we've talked about <clears throat> on Track by Track previously. He's also actor as well. You have JC Chasse, who we haven't done his full uh, album yet, but uh, I loved his solo, short-lived solo career. Lance Bass uh came out uh and has since been very prominent in the media. Joey Fatone, uh he was in my big fat uh gypsy wedding. Greek wedding. What? Greek <laughs> wedding. What the film? The film, yeah, he was one of the he was one of the family. Ah. And that just leaves us with Chris Kirkpatrick, uh who went on to uh act and do solo music of his own, but fair to say probably not as successful as a few of the others. So that's a little brief fly-through NSYNC there, and I'm sure we'll talk about lots of other funny stories and facts as we go through. But we are talking about Celebrity Today, which is the fourth and final studio album, uh, released in 2001, in July 2001. And Dan, why are we talking about it today?
1: We're talking about it today because it turns 21 this week. And also, so when- just to clarify... Oh, sorry to break it, ruin your <laughs> song there. How rude of me. But for the best. Um, it's the fourth studio album with a Christmas album, isn't it? Because it's weird. Yes. A lot of acts release Christmas albums like TLC, Destiny's Child, Backstreet Boys. But then sometimes they'll seem to ignore them for 11 months of the year. They don't exist. And then they bring them back.
0: Like Poor old Michael Bublé. Hmm. And Leona. Leona Loveys become a Christmas act now, hasn't mm. she? Real shame. Oh, Dan, you looking forward to Christmas?
1: Yeah, I mean, it is, yeah, it's July, towards the end of July now, so we really are on the, on the home straight.
0: Yeah, we're halfway through the year now, so you can officially start getting excited.
1: And also, just by pure chance, um, there's a few
0: nods to Christmas on my notes today. I'm sure you'll be thrilled to hear. I hope they're subtle. I hope it isn't just you starting to talk about Father Christmas or starting to tell me what's on your Christmas list. I hope it's like interwoven with the episode. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) So we've got celebrity to come. Uh, We've got further listening. We've got lots of exciting talk. Uh, Let's get the record on, shall we? Let's get it on
1: then with side, not together, with side one, track one pop
0: pr So, hop there, and Dan, I've just got one thing to say to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Scatman!
1: Sorry, well I've lost you. The line's kind of funny. Have you? Oh, was that beat? Was you beatboxing?
0: Yeah! <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought. I'm doing some Justin Timberlake style beatboxing. Uh, Uh, really he really is very prominent on this track and on the video to this track as well isn't he because he gets a huge chunk of time at the start and a huge chunk of time at the end where it's just him
1: yeah it definitely feels like this whole album certainly on the singles is the pathway from NSYNC to Justin Timberlake's very successful solo career but of course you get all the lads mucking in uh throughout the song and of course my favorite bit of the song actually well controversially and i'm skipping ahead I'm, I'm not talking about the singing i'm not talking about the music one of my favorite bits of the song you could say it's the music but it's that with the dance routine for the middle eight uh, obviously it's a great video but i always wanted to learn that dance routine and i never bloody did oh
0: yeah well they've got like four different outfits that keep changing whilst they're doing it
1: yeah and they've got the guitars well the, no they're kind of air guitaring um I think I'd love to learn it as a surprise. Maybe for your next birthday, I might learn it and do a little uh, flash mob-style performance. Me, your other half, my other half, and a couple of other lads. Uh, get Darren
0: on the phone again. Oh, he'd be well up for it. No, because he's back inside, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. He did over that Iceland, didn't he? <laughs> uh, but this is... I think this is the classic first single off an album because it's just such a huge song isn't it because it's not just a bit of music it's a statement about pop music and basically really they are saying we are pop music and this is how it's done and I think it's a fantastic way to approach a brand new project with something like this you know the, the point in their careers where they can really go for it and do something a little bit different as well compared to their previous uh, singles and albums and we'll see a lot of that through this album so a bit more experimentation some different sounds and like you say the start the the emergence of Justin not just as a front person because it was like him and JC used to do a, the lion share of the vocals or the lead vocals but are kind of like it's no surprise that this was their last album even if they were originally intending to just have a hiatus uh, and then Justin's solo career quickly emerged uh I do love Justin's uh like, in- instrumental beatboxing breakdowns because I remember there's what there's one in Rock Your Body that's really very good as well. Uh and I'm not gonna, even gonna attempt to do it, even though I just pursed my lips then like I was going to. But- well, we've heard it once and I think that was quite enough, thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, But uh, this, yeah, this was the the, uh, opening track uh, for this album and it was huge, wasn't it? It, yes it was. It got (laughs) to number nine in the UK, which not as huge as you would imagine, but in, uh, and in the US it got to number 19, which again is not as big as you imagine, but it, it sounds like a number, it should be a number one single. Well, and hence my silence, Will. I wasn't ignoring you, but I was going to say
1: it kind of, it was huge. I remember it being all over the video channels, Mm, the box and the like, but I remember at the time thinking, I really expected this to be better in the charts and still now looking back, yeah, it went in at number nine and, but then it did quite quickly drop out the charts. In fact, shall I go straight into chart chat, Will? Just get it, just get it, just get it on. Yeah. So yeah, it went in at number nine in July of 2001, but it only stayed in the top 40 for four weeks. Which, quite surprising actually, but looking at what else was in the top ten that week, there were new entries from Ian Vandal with "There Were New Entries from Ian Vandal with Castles in the Sky," Wycliffe Jean with "Perfect Gentleman," D12 with "Purple Pills," and a new entry at number one for Robbie Williams with "Eternity" and "The Road to Mandalay." So, lots of big new entries that week. Oh, tell me why.
0: Do we build castles in the sky? Oh, tell me why. And also
1: in the top ten that week, you've got Shaggy with Angel, Wheatus with A Little Respect, The Gals with Lady Marmalade, and OPM with Heaven is a Halfpipe. So really,
0: what a what a week. I mean, we say that every time we do Chat, pretty much, but what a top ten. What a top ten, and I can't wait for One More Time 2001 to hear all of those tracks Played live, out loud, not live, because the, the acts aren't there, but played out loud in a lovely venue in East London. And actually, well, we've just been to One More Time 2000, haven't we? Uh, and we had a wonderful night, apart from me uh, having to uh, hold your hair back whilst you uh, were a little, taken a little bit
1: unwell. I always get into the spirit of those nights, and I always think, oh, I'll go back and drink some Bacardi Breezes and some Reefs and some WKDs and all that, and the... Oh, that sugar is not good for my tummy.
0: Oh, you're not, however old you were in that year anymore, Dan. That's for sure. What was I in 2014? So actually, I wasn't probably drinking that much in, in 2000. <laughs> you probably were actually. You probably was behind the bar in your mother's pub, supping on the on the optics when she wasn't looking. Good for me, supping on mummy's optics. Ah, oh, good for daddy. <laughs> uh, so, Dan, who's uh, behind this track? Great question, Will. So this
1: is one of Justin's co-writes. And throughout the album, you'll see that Justin and JC do the majority of the co-writing. And for the most part, they do it separately uh, from each other, but with other co-writers. On this one, Justin has co-written with Wade Robson. Now, Wade is an Australian dancer and choreographer um, and went on to direct videos for NSYNC and Britney, amongst others. Um, but also, of course, did some uh, writing and producing. And then you've also got BT, the EDM DJ producer who has worked with the Who's Who of the music world, including Madonna, Bowie, Depeche Mode, and of course, NSYNC.
0: Uh, a couple of interesting things to loop back to. So, first of all, uh, Wade Robson, uh, he, uh, d- the dancing thing, you know, he was a really big dancer back in the day, had his own shows, was part of um, So You Think You Can Dance. Uh, he was also, uh, when he was a child, befriended by Michael Jackson. Yes, there's a lot there, isn't there? Uh, and also, on a lighter note, uh, BT uh, was also a prominent uh, solo uh, artist as well and had a number of albums and hit records. And uh, you'll probably remember, mate, this isn't directed to you too much, Dan, but maybe just broadly speaking... One might well remember Flaming June. That flame in June. What's she done well, my this grandma's time? Well, called June, so... <laughs> yeah,
1: she's a right rogue. Yeah. yeah, rogue trader. But some already highlights some great talent on the album and some great new talent as well. They might, might have done bits and bobs with them before, but primarily when we think of NSYNC, we think of Max Martin and his team, don't we? So this felt new and this felt different. And you did kind of mention that before, but one thing that I found interesting about that is that while... The song is called Pop, and it is very poppy. Uh, Justin Timberlake actually said that they were putting everything that they considered to be not pop into the song. But, of course, that created a pop song. I actually thought this one was quite Michael Jackson-esque, and he actually joined them on stage in
0: 2001 at the MTV VMAs to perform it. The video we've referenced a few times, but I re- it was a multicoloured uh uh, blur of uh dancing in nightclubs, uh CGI changing between clothes, uh and uh, a very confused woman at the start who's uh watching Justin Timberlake uh on the TV. Track number two now. It feels like we talked a lot about pop there, but there's lots more to enjoy. Here I is celebrity. What say what you mean, you mean what you say you keep. Me away, I ain't got no kind of place. So I say I wasn't a celebrity. Would you be so nice to me if I didn't have cheese like every day? Would you still want to be for me if I couldn't have you back the way and all those other expensive things? Would you be so intimate if I wasn't a
1: celebrity? So celebrity there, track two, and of course we'll have to mention it. They're not doing single one, track one, single two, track two. No. We've got an album track here. We've got the title track. For me, one of the most interesting things about this is the fact that it almost wasn't on the album because Wade Robson, again, co-writing this one, was
0: initially meant to be for his debut solo album. Oh, really? W- would have been a good fit for him. But I'm glad Sync have got it because I think it's a great showcase for a different kind of sound. And a departure from pop and the previous albums. Something a little bit urban and more contemporary when you listen to a lot of the kind of pop R&B that was in the charts around the turn of the millennium. Uh, This is, uh, I think it's a great second track because it is kind of saying, right, we've got the big, bold first track, first single. Now we're going to get into something a bit different. We're going to get into something a bit richer. We're going to try some stuff out. And also the the
1: message of the song as well. It's not going straight into a kind of generic boy band, upbeat love song. It's talking about celebrity lifestyles. It's talking about people using celebrities. One of my favourite lines, Will, if I didn't have cheese like every day, would you still want to be with me? Is that a thing that celebrities do? Do they eat cheese every
0: day? They must do. Is that the idea of a like a premium glossy lifestyle? If it is, I want I definitely want a bit of that action. Well, part of me thinks I do, but then I think,
1: you know, over Christmas, when you have three or four days of cheese board and you feel like you're going to have gout by day six, I, I don't think I'd want cheese every day. Unless they're just having a dairy triangle or something like that. I
0: couldn't have, you know, brie and Stilton every day. Uh, you have tried having it every day, but you just can't keep it going, can you? It's just too it, much even for you. It was one of those fad
1: diets that, I, you know, looking back, it was a bit ridiculous. But you had to have a wheel of brie and a wedge of Stilton every day. That's all i would give it a go, wouldn't you? Not the Stilton, though. I don't like a blue cheese. Oh, you're not doing it like a bit of blue? No. I absolutely, A bit of blue with some grapes or with some chutney, but only one or two of those. The ratio is probably two cheddar, one blue, three brie slash other soft cheese. Cheese chat. <laughs> a new regular feature. <laughs>
0: Uh, now this, I, I, you've already mentioned that Robson was involved in this, but different producer, understandably, because very different sound.
1: Yeah, so this has got Rodney Jerkins, who we've talked about many times mm, before, legend, AKA yeah. Darkchild. We talked about, about him on the Spice Girls Forever episode, amongst some others. Uh, he, of course, has done some incredible stuff, the likes of "The Boy Is Mine" by Brandy and Monica, "It's Not Right But It's Okay" by Whitney. So many. Uh, huge huge artists and I think you can hear a hint of that on here but what's interesting is that it's co-produced with him Justin Timberlake and Wade Robson on co-production again as he was on the previous track which I think brings the poppier side out of it but also what I find really interesting is that this is the only Rodney Jerkins appearance where you would have thought if they've got him on board they would have used him for a few more songs
0: Oh, and actually, looking at some of the bonus tracks and the other tracks that are available on deluxe versions of this album, he was, doesn't even feature there. So, hmm, interesting.
1: Very interesting. If we do say so ourselves. Yeah. But it's not... For me, It's a, this is a great album track, you know, giving the old... Uh, Razzle-dazzle. Giving the old catchphrases a run. But it's it's a great album track. It's nowhere near as strong as the, sing- the singles on this album are so strong that it's a good second song. And that's it. It's not a boring song, but it's not quite as unique as the new sounds that we heard in pop. Having said that, the middle eight and the strings and the drama that come with that, very good.
0: Is there some filler to come on this album then, do you reckon?
1: Yes. Worth noting as well, Will, We are we are doing the American and Canadian edition of the album, which is 13 tracks. In the UK, there were 15 tracks. Um, so, th- is that a decision we made because there's
0: some filler? Or is it because we always go for the standard edition of the album? Uh, who who could say? But, not for us. To uh, uh, I guess 15 tracks would have involved a bit more of the same and maybe okay. not a lot, uh, nothing too progressive in there. Anyway, so we didn't answer the question there. <laughs>
1: So let's move on. Track number three, The Game Is Over.
0: So that was The Game Is Over, Dan. This is one of my favourites on the album. I think it's a bit of a treat, actually, uh, because it's very much uh, more towards uh, NSYNC in the classic style, uh, but with some wonderful uh, uh, audible audio touches and sound effects of computer games, which I think just just lifts it above the standard of some of the other tracks on this album. And also kind of raises the bar on what they've done before, whilst at the same time uh, it being very familiar because you've got uh, a really intriguing start, but then you've got quite a classic NSYNC sync harmonised chorus coming in as well. And it's interesting that JC rather than JT is uh, one of the writers uh, because I, you know, I think about his solo work and it's a lot more uh, experimental and a lot different. Mm. And I think some of that is on display here where it is very familiar, but also a little bit more experimental.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think as you go through the album and if you're looking at the notes at the same time and seeing which are the JT tracks, which are the JC tracks, you can tell that they have got their own style on there and the JT tracks usually moving towards his justified sound. And as you said, JC kind of a much more experimental pop thing going on. And the experimentalization on this one, of course, as you said, is those computer game sound effects, which are wonderful, and are, they're just there throughout the song as well. They're a little bit louder uh, in the in the middle A in particular. They kind of explode, but love, love, love the sounds in this song. And of course, it's called the game is over. So that's why the computer game sounds are there. I didn't pick up on that straight away. I'll be honest.
0: Really, you didn't?
1: Is oh, that surprising? is Surprise you? Well, no,
0: yeah, it's oh. quite basic. Mm. Uh, it's not even a code or a subtext it's just there the words are there basic better best and Will
1: 2001 what games console would you have had at this time if any
0: it would have still been all about the N64 for me in 2001 really even though we'd have moved on technologically technologically technologically, uh, there was still a lot of life left
1: in that I think I'd have been on a PS2 at this point, which would have been my last PlayStation until, well, actually forever. My other half, he had the PS4 and the PS5, but I, I'm i too old for them. Is that a thing or just too... No,
0: no, do not. Past it for them. or Do just... not alienate the gaming community from mm. this podcast. Good point there, Will, actually. But uh, yeah, your other half often stays
1: up late playing with himself. And I asked to join in. That's Actually, that's why I don't play with it, because I'm not allowed to. But let's talk about the song and who's behind this. So JC Chassé. Are we saying Chassé or Chasses? Chassé. Oh, you don't have... Oh, honestly. Anyway. Yes. Carry on. This one is written and produced with Alex Greggs and Bradley Damon. Now, they were Love Inc., if you remember them, from the huge hits Broken Bones and You're a Superstar back in the late mm. 90s, early noughties. Um, but Alex, from there, has gone on to work with the likes of Gaga, MIA, and, amongst others, Paris Hilton. Ah, so he's to blame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who, of course, Paris Hilton recently performed at Britney's Wedding, didn't she?
0: Yes. I can only assume she performed Stars of Blind. Now, time to move on, Dan. Track number four now. Oh, and it's a, it's a good un. The biggie. It's Girlfriend.
1: there and i'm gonna go straight into who is on this track will because we can definitely tell there's a different influence on this one there's a different Mm, team behind it but also pretty obvious who it is i think if you know your stuff this was written and produced by the neptunes aka pharrell williams and chad hugo with justin timberlake now the neptunes if you didn't know who they've already worked with they have done the likes of britney's i'm a slave for you they've worked with calice and Gwen Stefani, but also, of course, they did a lot of work with Justin Timberlake on Justified. So this really does feel like that journey to Justified. And not only that, this was the last ever NSYNC single as well.
0: And so, yeah, it does feel like a kind of backdoor pilot for Justin Timberlake's solo career, because, again, another single where he's prominently featured visually and orally in it as well and was the template for a lot of his early work in this kind of sound i think it is fantastic i think it's a great mature boy band single i think they sound great what dan you were going to say something in your mouth open then no but T- i was going to no, you... contradict me uh my mouth was open but i wanted to let you finish off first oh what a, what a gent um <laughs> And i just I just feel like it's a classy piece of work, and it's catchy as hell and you might be surprised when I say it's like one of my favorite n songs because it is very much more m o r than the a banger that I normally favor as regular as no, but I just love the groove, I love the beat to it, and the vocals are on point as well, yeah, completely agree,
1: and you know you like you said it's quite m o r it's very sparse for a pop song it's what the Neptunes do very well and it's Mm. you know not many people can do that very again sparse like funk inspired hip hop thing but they do it better than anyone else and that blended with NSYNC's pop and vocal harmonies just works so well together it's kind of a shame that we didn't have more of that on the album but of course in a way we got more of it with uh, Justin and Justified And of course, Will, there is another version of the song, isn't there?
0: Yes, this isn't the only one. There is a Neptune's remix, which also features Nelly. You're right, Nelly, love. (laughs) Uh, uh, And a second version of the video, which features him in it as well. Uh, It's 30 seconds longer as well, and I actually prefer it. And again, you've shocked me. Mm? There you go. Uh, I can still shock you after all these years. Still open-mouthed over here. Boo! Uh, but it's... Yeah, so the Neptunes not only did the album version, but they also created a fantastic remix as well. Uh, I just think if this was... Well, not if. This was the last we had the vent sync all together. What a wonderful way to go out on a high, uh, particularly with how successful this was. I mean, it got to number two in the UK, got to number five in the US. Uh, I'm so glad that their career as a group so far has gone out while they were on top, rather than limping over the line with a succession of poorly performing singles and albums. Is
1: that solely aimed at Backstreet Boys, or is that just a, a general... No, no! Okay, just, just checking. Because the- <laughs> obviously that is pretty much what's happening with them, isn't it? They, I think they've done about 10 studio albums now, but could you name a single of theirs from the last even 15 years?
0: No. No. I
1: couldn't, honestly couldn't. Likewise. I think it's it's great that this got to number two. I just think it's a real shame they didn't finally get that number one because they never had a UK number one single. So come on then, who held them off? So the top three that week were all new entries. This was July of 2002 and you had number three, There Goes the Fear by Doves, number two, NSYNC with Girlfriend and number one, Oasis with the Hindu Times. Oh, I can't even remember the Hindu Times. No, I don't think I could hum that one. It was, I know it was a lead single from, I think it was, no, it wasn't Standing on the Shoulders of Giants. It was a lead single from one of their albums. I remember that much, which is obviously why it went in at number one. But yeah, such a shame for NSYNC. But it did very well. It stayed in the top 10 for four weeks, where, of course, Pop only stayed in the top 40 for four weeks, and it would stay in the top 40 for another four weeks after that. So their most successful single from the album by a long shot.
0: Do you think they realised at the time when they released a single after the album that this was going to be it? I
1: think, yeah, looking up at some of the stuff that I've been reading today, they certainly, some of the camp knew that the plan was for Justin to go solo. Uh, it seems like some of the band members thought that there'd be a break and then they'd get back together. And there was some sort of bitterness about them. They said that they turned down projects because they assumed Think would be getting back together. So... I think they, they knew a break was coming, but they didn't realise
0: it was going to be the end. Like they had a bit of a Nadine moment where some of them would have been happy carrying on. I oh. wasn't really aware of the fact that others thought differently. It wasn't my plan. I wanted to stay together. <laughs> Poor love. But, ah, oh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful.
1: And interestingly, on the Nelly feature, his record label were really reluctant for him to feature on a boy band single. Uh, but he was insistent that he did it. And, of course, it was a huge hit for him as well. And then his next track was Hot In Here, which, of course, was one of his biggest singles to date. So I think it really helped bring him to an audience as well.
0: All right, we've got to move on uh, So, track five, The Two Of Us. You see I talk-
1: So there's two of us there, and this one is the same writing team as the game's over. So it's JC with the Love Ink lads. And I think instantly you can tell because of that experimentation and those sort of strings at the start. It's got a bit of a classical feel to it almost. Um, almost you feel like it's maybe going to be a bit of a ballad, but then the strings, yeah. come in, the beats come through. Really strong chorus. And I think it's quite, you know, it's not as... You know, it's not as memorable as some of these really
0: new sounds, but you can't deny it's a strong pop track on the album. Oh, I enjoy it, and I enjoy the chorus particularly. It really reminds me of... Do you remember Jordan Knight from You Kids on the Block? His debut solo single, Give It To You. Oh, I love that one, yeah. It does the just the, the, the production and the sounds and the bleeps and the noises and the and the kind of bounce it picks up into just really reminds me of that, uh, which is also a really great song. Uh, and I thought, well, maybe there's some similar people involved, but actually, no, completely different. But uh, and it, uh, but it did come out. The Jordan Knight song did come out in 1999, so it would have been a li- couple of years before this was recorded, at least. But lyrically, lyrically, it
1: does for me feel a little bit more generic. It's a man thinking about his girl. He's saying, you see, I toss and turn when I'm alone and I just can't wait till you get home waiting for your call because tonight we're going to do it all. It's quite sultry, but it's, you know, if you think about pop, if you think about
0: um, the game is over, it's a little bit generic
1: lyrically and quite
0: smutty actually as well. Well, no, I, I thought do it all Men, uh they'll do the washing, they'll do the ironing, they'll mop the floors, uh, they'll clean the windows, they'll get the polish out.
1: Oh, so that's really quite interesting. Give the
0: house a, really give the house a
1: good going over. Really give it a good scene too. Yeah, you yeah. have taken different things away from the
0: lyrics and that's good. That's what they want. That's what music is there for. You don't have to uh, stick to a strict interpretation. You can take your own reading and, and enjoy that for what you, you feel it is. Which I will. Thank good. you very much. Good for you. It's wrong, but it's good for you. No, <laughs> no, no. It's no. no,
1: yeah. Just remembered what we said. So <laughs> track number six, and back to a single. This is...
0: I could touch your oh. base, touch your but the truth Baby, Gone there and Dan I know what you're thinking I'm about to launch into my usual spiel but no I'm not because as I said there's some filler coming up on the album this was the second single and I have to say I really I mean much slower pace but I just love the harmonizing on the chorus and the repeated gone uh lyric and I do think it's actually quite nicely done and a question for you Dan This could have very easily been the classic boy band ballad. And we may have one or two of those still to come, actually. But what elevates this? I think it is the production. I
1: think it Mm. is the, the sparseness. And I've used that word a couple of times today. But the fact that for the most part, it is just vocals and harmonies, a little bit of a beat there, which I think is beatbox, and some strings as well. It's just so
0: different for a boy band ballad but it works really well for this boy band ballad well yes i think you are bang on the money there i think the temptation for a boy group or girl group uh for is to throw everything in and the kitchen sink to every song even on the ballads where it almost sounds like they've got a full orchestra in a studio quite overdone sometimes and i think you're right this is much nicer and again the beatboxing as well and the production makes it sound uh well i guess it fits the the song as well gone it's very emotional it's very personal as well so it should be played down a little bit definitely and interestingly interestingly
1: when justin was writing this with wade wade robson they were thinking of writing this for michael jackson and he passed on the song but then later when he heard it, he said he was interested in it, but it would have to be just a duet between him and Justin Timberlake. And Oh, was... I bet I bet he wanted a... Yeah, I bet he did. Bloody hell. When he heard how bloody good it was. But it was too late by that point. It was ready for the album. It was going to be a single for Sync." So interesting to think what could have been. This could have been one of MJ's last singles. Or maybe it could have been a big hit for him.
0: No, I'm glad it wasn't, actually. I'm glad NSYNC got... The opportunity to do it because it was a great single for them uh and got to number 24 in the uk and number 11 on the billboard us chart so it wasn't a huge hit here but i remember like uh pop and girlfriend i remember seeing the video for this an awful lot because like music channels were just huge back then as well
1: yeah they really were i also remember having this one on cd single and also having Pop on CD single. I think I didn't get Girlfriend because I think I had the album by then. But of course, I missed out on having the remix. Mm. But this was released as a single, as you said, in December of 2001. So maybe why it didn't do so well, because if you look at the charts, then you've got new entries from Alcazar with Crying at the Discotheque at number 13. You've got Oxide and Neutrino with Only One and No Cause You're at number 12. We've got Jerry Hallowell with Calling at 7. Kate Winslet with What If at number 6. Hearsay with Everybody at 4. PPK with Resurrection at 3. And a new entry for Daniel Beddingfield with Gotta Get Through This at number 1. So they were up against a lot of competition. It was a very different sound for mm. NSYNC. But it's a shame because it actually only spent one week in the top 40. And also, Will what a great follow up to pop what a different sound for and sync but still kind of still showcasing experimentation and their great vocal harmonies and this is the only track and sync track or the only uh Sync release to date that only had justin on lead vocals
0: oh really i get the the love fest for justin to thrust him into the limelight continues then evidently absolutely Uh, let's stick the next one on now and this is number seven tell me tell me baby So that was Tell Me Tell Me Baby and we're back into a very slick pop production here and I say very slick knowingly because Max Martin uh, was the brains and producer behind this track. the only one on the album, although Dan I'm treading on your toes because you normally say this but I think it's very relevant to the sound of this song. It's very Max Martin, sounds a little bit like overprotected by Britney Spears I thought yes definitely and it's
1: max martin with rami yakub they've done so much work together they worked on britney's uh, baby one more time together and so many of their other huge hits i'm not even going to mention them but yeah it definitely is quite obvious because i think of all the songs on here it feels like the most um i don't say generic nsync song but it feels the most classic let's say nsync song and this could have maybe appeared on the previous album
0: no that's a bad
1: thing it's not a bad thing at all I just think it's a shame that in an album that's got so much uh, experimentation, so many new sounds, it's, it stands out a little bit. It's a bit like on Banana Rama's Pop Life, when the Stock Aiken Waterman songs stand out a little bit compared to the rest. Or on Spice Girls Forever, if they had to use the original version of Right Back At You, it wouldn't have been right for the album. And I think this great pop song, but probably would have preferred another pop or gone or girlfriend.
0: Oh Dan, I'm going to have to disrespectfully disagree with you because I think it's really nice to have a bit more of a throwback to classic N Sync, classic Max Martin on a on a, a more mature sounding album because it all adds to the flavor and the spice. And there's something there's you know a real pick and mix feel to it as well. It Doesn't all have to be serious music, real music? It can be a little bit more pop as well.
1: Oh. Well, thank you for that, Will. I don't respect your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but it is interesting because this is the first track to not feature songwriting from JT or JC. Which, of course, would have been a very classic, older and sync thing to do as well. So before we get into a real catfight about it, should we move on to the next track?
0: Yes. Uh, quite passive-aggressive, that was. I loved it. Yeah, me too. More of that. Uh and which leads us nicely into track eight you know up against the wall. Now. The girl was fine and she knew she had been.
1: So up against the wall there.
0: How is your mother, by the way? <laughs> Sorry, don't, don't know why how, I me ask. How cruel. Uh, Sorry. Sorry about that. And I was going to be really positive about this track, but you've really thrown me off my stride there. Uh. Well, let's have some positivity. What
1: an incredible track this is. I love. There's so much going on in, in here. There's trippy beats. There's lots of synth effects, a great guitar line throughout, and some really great lyrics i love the bridge where they start singing mirror mirror on the wall who's the cutest one you saw she's underneath a disco ball standing next to strobe lights dancing heart looking tight the freaks sure do come out at night and that's what i'm going to start saying to myself actually when i look in the mirror (laughs) sorry
0: i laughed a bit too long there yeah quite evil but what do you love about it will uh, I think everything you've said, plus I would say it's got a really good beat going through it, but also I think it's a bit like, it's almost a sort of dance track in some ways as well. Uh And just those sounds that come in, the kind of synthy, synth-y sounds that come in as well, this elevates it for maybe you're overly critical, I think, about Tell Me, Tell Me Baby being a bit more of their classic style. But I think this elevates this one to make it feel a bit more... Not in keeping with a lot of the uh, more experimental tracks on here, but something completely different again.
1: Yeah. And behind this song, it's JC with the same writing team as his previous two tracks. So you've got Alex Greggs and Bradley Damon of Love Inc., but you've also got Justin Timberlake contribution to this one as well. And I think that's what. I think you can definitely tell that it's more of a JC song than a JT song because of that. Yeah. Yeah. A- again, experimenting with different sounds and different genres. But it's different to the two, and I think that's what JT brings to it. I think it's a fine collaboration between the two gentlemen and the other two gentlemen.
0: We need to do that. Uh, lots of gentlemen getting together there mm. uh, uh, musically, and uh, we really need to do, need to do that JC album because it is like this is a, uh, really up the street of that album, and it's so. I think we've I've referenced it before, and it's on the JT album.
1: Yes. The, what's the album called Future Sex Love Sounds we we yeah we definitely talked about it on
0: there I think it was one of your further listening tracks oh controversially oh blimey we didn't have any rules back then just did whatever we wanted oh happier times S- Good, simpler times <laughs> time to move on now track number nine now Baby, see, right I tell me fool, but I see Right Through you. Into my eyes. Tell me what you See Right see Through you so love me. Look a fool, but see you. me, girl, what's his name? you take you? you the way I do? I So see right through you. I'm a little bit torn with this one, Dan, because on the one hand, I really like the fact it sounds like a very contemporary of the time uh, R&B pop song with a good kind of beat running through it. And it's quite tight and it's quite uh, urgent. But on the other hand, then, I think, well, doesn't it sound a little bit Liberty X, a little bit mystique I And just, I just flip-flop from one opinion to the other. And actually, neither of those are a criticism, but I just can't make up my mind what it sounds like. Yeah, do you know what? I hadn't really thought about the Liberty X, um, who else did you say?
1: Mystique kind of thing. But now I definitely can hear that influence. For me, when I got to this song on the album and I was making my notes, I was thinking, this is not a bad pop song by any means. But again, I suppose for similar reasons to Tell Me, Tell Me Baby, it just doesn't jump out like there's new sounds do. And also the last album we spoke about was an eight track album, which was all of incredible quality so now we are on track nine of a 13 track album definitely in the mindset of mm, well did this one really need to be on it it's, it's a good song it's not a bad song it's not complete filler but yeah not as strong as some of the others for me
0: it's a fairly decent album track but also uh, in other territories this would have been track nine of a 15 track album so mm. you know even more of a reason for does it need to be on there uh you know I think you know is it, I like it I do like it but uh it could even be on the uh, never released Rosie Ribbons album it's it's very kind of like yeah. could anyone around at the time it who was into a similar sort of sound have recorded it when you think about things like girlfriend and pop and some of the other album tracks very much in sync songs that were very, that are great for them and there's an additional
1: writer on this one. So you've got Justin and Wade. but you have also got Larry Rock, in quotations, Campbell. I don't know if he's related to Dwayne The Rock Johnson, actually, but Larry Rock Campbell. He has worked with the likes of Backstreet Boys uh, and Nick from Backstreet Boys, younger brother Aaron Carter, but also Britney and then continue to work with Justin on Sexy Back. Great. So I was gonna say, should we do the album? But we've we've done the album. Let's keep moving then.
0: T- track 10 now. Shellfish. You can call me selfish, but all I want is your love. And you can call me hopeless, because hopeless. I'm hopelessly in love. You can call me a perfect, but who's perfect? Tell me, what do I got to do to prove it I'm... Selfish there. What a great time to talk about a fantastic album artwork, definitely. Absolutely. Uh, because this is very much your boy band ballad in the classic style. Uh, but let's look at this wonderful album cover because this is fantastic. It's uh, the five of them, Justin firmly, literally in the centre of the uh, cover. They're walking out of a movie theatre which has NSYNC celebrity and there's a whole... Cast of thousands, uh, actually on the cover as well. Uh, and Dan, Ed, any ideas that any of those people?
1: No, I mean, I think probably for most people, like most people, I should say, for me, the lady at the front with the pink glasses, she always stood out to me. The sort of Bessie White lookalike.
0: Oh, do you know who she reminds me of? Actually, I don't know why. Um, from the League of Gentlemen, Pauline, uh, from the League of Gentlemen. <laughs> What a what a lovely compliment to pay to that lady. <laughs> I would take it as a compliment. But I love the album cover. I think it's a great uh, a, a great advertisement for the mood of this album and reference to some of the tracks on the album as well. And do you love the song? No, I do not. Uh it's far too saccharine sweet uh and slow for me. Uh not when you compare it and stand it alongside something like Gone. Which you know, it's the tempo is almost as slow, but completely different production, and just not a fan. I'm afraid.
1: I'm with you. Well, I don't think it's even a a good or even mediocre boy band album track ballad. I just think it is a little bit bad, if anything. Mm-hmm. Um, let, <laughs> so let me tell you who is behind this one. So it's J C, and he's written this one with Jolien Skinner. Uh, Jolien has worked with think previously but also he co-wrote your house or my house by samantha fox and it's beginning to feel like love by mystique who we were just
0: talking about blimey what a uh what varied uh career he's had with different <laughs> people um also on this one is Viet Ren,
1: who co-wrote backstreet boys christmas time and nsync's merry christmas happy holidays and it's produced by brian mcknight who has had many years of R&B ballad hits, but he also featured on Boys to Men's Let It Snow. That's all the Christmas chat I've you about before, Will. That's it.
0: Oh, good. And I can actually see how those people uh, have a have a proven track record in Christmas songs because you just put a few sleigh bells over this and it could be one, couldn't it? I, I probably would have loved it, Will, with some sleigh bells on it.
1: <laughs> so let's have no more negativity. Shall we move on to track number 11 then? Will, just... Yes? Don't tell me that. Just don't tell me that. So Just Don't Tell Me That, and this is another one that isn't written by JT or JC, isn't written by Max Martin, but is written by some of the writers who have previously written with Max, and they include Christian London, Jake Schulz, and Andreas Carlson. They have written tracks, including Bye Bye Bye, of course, for NSYNC, Born To Make You Happy for Britney, and That's The Way It Is by Celine Dion. Have we talked about Celine's work with Max Martin before? Does that make her a contender to be on track by track?
0: Uh, we haven't talked about Celine or her work with Max Martin before. and uh, uh, Maybe we should do. It'd be great to hear from the listeners, actually, uh, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, maybe we do need to get Celine on here. Uh, but this song, love this song. Yeah. really do. It's no surprise it's from the people that worked on the songs like Bye Bye Bye, uh, which is arguably NSYNC's best song. And again, this has slick production and a real power behind it with also some stabbing beats through it that give it the energy that you need, especially after that last track.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree, 100% an improvement from the last track. But also, I do prefer this to Tell Me, Tell Me Baby. It just feels, it again feels like a a strong NSYNC pop song. It could have been featured on a previous album, but for me, just has a little bit more to it than Tell Me, Tell Me Baby. And maybe it's just because there's three writers on here rather than two on the on the previous. They're all part of the Max Martin team. But
0: maybe just uh few more ideas with when three are involved. And Andreas Carlson as well, huge in Sweden. Uh, he's been involved in things like Swedish Idol and X Factor and music in, of, in his own right as well. Uh, and uh, it's always nice when you see a familiar name pop up in the writing credits for somewhere where you didn't expect... And that's definitely what's happened here. But I think to have a song like this on track 11 of a 13-track album is very much a a very smart move. I'm not sure how much sway the band had over the sequencing, but whoever did. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for the musical order of this album. And
1: before we move on from this one, Will, I did just want to touch upon the touring for the Celebrity album, because... NSYNC actually went on two tours in support of this album. They did the Pop Odyssey tour the year it was released, just before it was released, and they did the Celebrity tour after it was released. But neither came to the UK or even Europe. They were both just American and Canadian tours, which is a real shame. But what stood out to me, not only the fact that the tour was sponsored by Chili's, which took me back to our trip to Florida because we went to a Chili's mm. one night. We, we had to do all the change, didn't we? We did the Chili's. We did Olive Garden. We did Applebee's. Applebee's, Denny's, Denny's, oh, uh,
0: and IHOP as well. IHOP. But
1: what really stood out to me is some of the support acts they had on the first one on the Pop Odyssey tour. They had B.B. Mac, they had Christina Milian, they had Dream, they had Eden's Crush, and they had Samantha Mumba. Oh, wow. So some really incredible names that, at the time, probably not that well known, certainly people like sam mums not that well known in america but some real favorites in there that we, we haven't ta- spoken about any of them thoroughly on track by track but just uh, quite like that
0: right track number 12 now something like you something happens when you look in- Forget to speak. Something happens when you kiss one love and Get so weak. Could it be true? This is what God has meant for me. Cause baby, I can't believe something like you could happen to me. Something like you there, and what a great yeah. time. For that fantastic album artwork. You've
1: done it, Benny. You've
0: done it already. Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't notice. <laughs> Actually, Dan, I will what I will say about this track. Uh, although it's very much tied for album artwork song for me on the album. Uh, the only thing this has over the other one is a harmonica. And not just the harmonica, but who was playing it? It was only
1: bloody Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, that's that's what just gives this song the edge over uh, Selfish, isn't it? But other than that, I think actually this is my least favorite song on the album just those lyrics could it be true this is what god has meant for me because baby i can't believe that something like you could happen to me absolutely vile that's just really <laughs> scraping the barrel so sh- mushy and schmaltzy i hate it should we just should we just get over it and
0: <laughs> just try and gloss over it
1: yeah let me just quickly tell you this was co-written with uh, by Justin timberlake so shame on him with robin wiley who has worked with charlie Puth. And also Jay Landers, who has worked with the likes of Frank Sinatra and Hilary Duff. They're two names you don't hear together very often. No, and Charlie Pooh, Dan, he's absolutely gorgeous. He is. So, yeah, let's move on to the last track on the album. It can only get better. Things can only get better from here. This is Do Your Thing. No excuse for losing your feet, drowning in your defeat on this road of life. Excuse
0: for coming out short, the ball is in your court. So, meet the So,
1: that's Do Your Thing, the album closer. I think this is an incredible way to end the album because, again. So different. It's so i I've used the word sparse so many times today, but when you think about big NSYNC tracks like Bye 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 or It's Gonna Be Me, you can't call them sparse. Whereas this showcases their harmonies and their vocals. There are real hints of gospel even in this one. Uh but with like a garage dance
0: sound as well. Uh yeah, it's uh I just listened to, when I heard this I thought Craig David could do this song brilliantly. Yeah. Uh, for me, this just about rescues us from peter out territory because of, again, the fantastic vocals and harmonies, the the, the very tight, taut uh, strings featured through that as well, and a very low-key beat running through it. And I think if you're going to have the last track on an album proper for a, potentially a band's last album, why not just use it to... Dial everything else down and let the boys' voices speak for themselves, so to speak. Completely agree. And a
1: different team behind this one. This isn't JT or JC. This is Jay Moss, who is an American gospel musician, composer, producer and erasure. Era- erasure? No, it wasn't co-written by Bell. Vincent Andy. No, sorry to disappoint. And it was produced by, I, I'm assuming it's Pajam and not P-A-J-A-M. Uh, of whom Jay Moss is a member. They are a writing and production team, and they've also
0: worked with the likes of Boyster Men, Drew Hill, and patty LaBelle. So that's the last track. If you want some more of the same, there is a 15 track version of this album uh, out there. But honestly, the best tracks we have covered today. Oh. Uh, I might be disagreeing what? with you in just a few seconds, Will. Okay, well, I'll look forward to that, Dan. Uh, As ever, thank you. But just a word on the album performance. So this was a number one US album smash, got to number 12 in the UK, very positively reviewed at the time, apart from the usual sniffy outlets who think they're better than pop music, uh, which we won't dwell on. But I think a lot of praise for... Uh, the musical departure with a lot of the tracks on this album away from their classic sound to something a little bit different a little bit more experimental a lot of people commenting as well around Justin Timberlake's prominence and what that meant at this point for the future of the band which again we've talked about as well but if I had to give an average rating I would say seven and a half out of ten ah uh, not bad
1: not bad mm, at all not
0: bad at all Mm. So it's time for some further listening. And Will,
1: I'd love to go first, if that's okay.
0: Yeah, fine.
1: Okay. Because I am going to respect no disrespectfully disagree with you. As you said, there were a couple of bonus tracks. I actually think one of them maybe should have been on the album in place of certainly something like you, but maybe also Selfish as well. It was difficult to choose between the two bonus tracks because one of them was co-written by Chris from the band, so it would have been nice to showcase a different songwriter but his song wasn't as good as the other so, you said
0: that with a big smile on your face God, sorry i'm always <laughs>
1: smiling when i'm belittling someone so this is track 13 on the international version of the album and this is that girl bracket will never be mine oh. That girl will never be mine there. That has got the same writing team as Just Don't Tell Me That. It's London, Schultz and Carlson from the Max Martin team. And despite what I said about preferring some of the more experimental sounds on the album, I did say that I liked that song. It was it was more of a, for me, a really good quality but older sounding synth track. And without a doubt, I prefer that to something like You or Selfish. And maybe even tell me, tell me, baby.
0: Well, I think Dan, just reflecting on what I said earlier, I think you could swap. You could actually swap this out with one of the ballads. Yeah, they were quite bad, weren't they? We really we don't often get too critical, but they just really weren't great. Uh, and actually, this is although it is very much of a similar ilk to some of their other stuff. I would sooner have this over a schmaltzy ballad any day. And on that international
1: version, which is the version that we will have had, this follows something like you. So, what
0: a relief this track would have been. Mm. Will, what have you gone for? Uh, Let's have a remix. Let's chuck a remix on, shall we? This is the Gone Clubbing Are We Back Late mix of Gone. Uh, so that was the Gone Clubbing I'll Be Back Late mix of Gone. And I do enjoy it when a Slow song is often juiced up to make it something almost completely different. And this is uh, a really good kind of R&B dance remix that uh, could have been done by Bump and Flex for Mystique. It has that kind of feel and bounce to it that I really like. But because Gone is is so good and so much its own thing, that this remix just makes it feel like a completely different track.
1: Yeah, I really do like this. And also, cards on the table, let's be honest with the listeners... This was both of our first choice for a further listening track yep. because it is that good. And that rarely happens, actually. But what I love Although about Although it has this... happened
0: in the last few recordings we've done.
1: How has it? Yeah. My memory is just terrible. Or I just say what I want to hear. One or, th- one or the other. But what I love about this, one thing is that the production on this is from Rip Rock and Alex G., who are the team who produced and co-wrote the songs with JC. So this is a JT written, co-written track, but with the JC team producing it. And also I love that some versions of the single actually had this Gone Clubbing version as the opening track. So in some ways it was classed as a as, as a single or a song in its own right.
0: I've got one final question for you before mm. we run out of time. Which one did you fancy? Honestly, none of them. Which? How about you? Oh, I always said Lance, Lance Bass. Oh, did you know? I didn't know, but maybe I did in some on some level. Mm. Anyway, we're, we're, we're out of time. time. Let us know which one you fancied at Trap by Track UK <laughs> and what you thought about N6's final studio album, Celebrity. And don't forget, you can also join and support the podcast on Patreon where we have
1: two, at least two exclusive episodes every month. We also have the Patreon exclusive series, Further Listening, where we deep dive into the back catalogue of some of our favourite artists. You will also get the chance to vote on an album episode every month that will be exclusive to Patreon, and on the albums where we're joined by the artists
0: themselves, you will get early access. Wow. Wow. Early access. Anyway, uh, do join us again soon uh, here and on Patreon for more fantastic podcasts. If we do say so ourselves. We do. But until then, I've been up against the wall. And I've been selfish.
1: Oh, yes. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. Do a little pumpkin 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 pumpkin